Good morning, my friends, or afternoon, depending on where you are, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Jim? I think you fell asleep. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. No, sure. I don't know. I don't know what that deal was. Anyway, push talkie, not working. Oh, okay. Hello. Thank God. I was like, oh, no, 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 not now. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're doing an early morning, for me at least, podcast because our guest is in Paris, France, joining us, the creative director and co-founder of Amplitude Studios, Romain D. Weber. Good morning, or afternoon, Romain. Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We are very excited to to talk about uh, your new upcoming game, we're actually I'm actually excited to talk about all your games because <laughs> I'll be honest, I love them all, so I want to get to that. But we're cool. here primarily to talk about Endless Space Two, uh, which just hit yeah, sure. Steam early access about a week and a half ago, roughly, as we were recording this. Um, about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's us. Yeah, yeah, ten days ago. Yeah, so about about a little it's less than like, two weeks. In a lifetime, actually, but uh, it's only, only ten days. <laughs> Now, now we're talking about Endless Space 2, but I want to talk about the first game for a minute um, yeah. because I think it's kind of fascinating that that one came out in 2012, if yeah. I remember correctly. And it's interesting because before that, there was ba- there were barely any like really there were barely any Space 4X games coming out, and yet 2012 like kind of was the year this whole space game resurgence really started kickstarting, if you will. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you guys hit in 2012, and before that, I mean, the biggest, I guess the biggest 4X before that was Soar of the Stars, and uh, Soar of the Stars 2 was around then, but it was a, a kind of a disaster. So, what, what, what uh, how, one, I guess, how did this journey start? Like, where, what prompted you guys to start making a space 4X when... The genre was kind of abandoned when you must have started this. Well, that's actually one of the reasons why we decided to, to do it. You know, at, at the time, um, so basically we, we were working at Ubisoft with, uh, with Magic World a few years before that. And actually we were big fans of 4X. And we realized by, you know, in working in big studios and any of them could have been Ubisoft or any other ones, uh, big publishers, you know, none would be interested in the games we love to, to play, basically, so we would have to, to, to do other games. Um, and at one point, we realized, actually, that, you know, the, everything was more or less aligned to more or less leave and, and do the games we wanted to. And the main reasons for that uh, were because, you know, for the first time uh, in history, basically, we could have access to a very powerful technology that was not free, but nearly free, and that's Unity. Uh, it was so cheap compared to what existed before, and so like powerful, easy to use. Um, then you know Steam, obviously, and you know we've been working with uh, Steam and Valve for quite a bit. You know, I think the uh, I worked with uh, Arcane Studios and uh, Dark Messiah was I think one of the first game using like Steamworks before it was even called Steamworks. Um, so we, we were really used to work with them and, and seeing from very close uh, that how powerful it was and 
and how amazing and, and easier it was to, 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 to basically buy games there. So we realized actually thanks to Steam, thanks to actually the 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 the, the way they retribute the, the developers because you know if you work with Steam it's 70 percent of the, the the price that goes back to the developer, right? And normally it would have been like at best ten or fifteen percent, you know. So suddenly you could, you can make games, you know, just for for a few people, just for thirty thousand people, it's enough, you know, to have a game and and just survive and make the next game. So that's what we decided to do because now we had the technology, we had the distribution means, and and basically what we did was we borrowed money from all our friends. Basically. So we had like forty five friends or something that uh, that uh, just uh, pitched in and gave some money, and with that we created amplitude to make for X. But then, you know, was which for X to do first and and space being, you know, mostly empty, you know, was a, a good choice when you have no money to start. Basically, you know, you have to work on planets and ships and then it's just game design. So that's why we said work uh, on and the space first and hoping that we would bring a lot of things that we learned to do. Uh, working on triple A's uh, games and, and yes, you know, um, work in a genre which is, you know, not very frequently associated to AAA. So, and and doesn't does not always mean you know adding more money. You know, it's most mostly like paying uh, extra care to some elements like interface, like uh, accessibility, uh, music, art, and it's not always a matter of money. It can be sometimes and often, but not always. So on what everything we could, we try to focus on that. And 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 it's true at the time. You know, um, I mean. The last time we played a 4X we loved was maybe 10 years before that. For me, it was Galactic Civilization 2. I loved the game to, to death. Uh, oh, but sorry. it's been a long time <laughs> to which, wait for the next uh, Space 4X. Uh, to, to, so that's why we wanted to do our own. Which game did you mention? I'm sorry. I, I could, I didn't Galactic Civilization 2? Oh, yes, Galactic. of course. Yes, of course. Of course. Good, good game. Have you played the third one? Uh, I played it a bit. I played, I think, so much of the two that I, I really had trouble getting, going back to it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to have more time to, to try to, to to go back to it. As that's, as I can. that's totally fair. It's 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 pretty it's pretty good. It, it, it keeps a lot of what made two good while adding uh, new stuff. So you guys worked at Ubisoft a bunch of you, it sounds like, before before this? Yes. Um, most, of the, most of the team uh, was at Ubisoft. Um, so it was uh, Mathieu and I, so the, the co-founders. But our close team, you know, quickly joined us uh, after us and was our lead writer, Jeff. Um, was uh, Actually, he worked all along, although in all our games actually at Ubisoft. Uh, with, with Mathieu, we're... Um, we're sharing uh, a team uh, where we're both producers, but he was uh, more, more on the organization side. I was more on the creative side, and and basically, and then you know, a lot of people working with us uh, over there that just, just said to, to come and join us when we created Amplitude. Well, you saw that, and before for me was Dice. Uh, before that, oh wow! So you guys have a yeah, what? Did, what did you work on at Dice? Uh, I did uh, work on the first Battlefield. I was the lead designer of the first Battlefield. So I oh, can't say that's the one anymore now, since, since today. But, uh, yeah. the, the first so it was 1942? 1942, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. that, that's, a lot of people still consider oh, that I, one of the best ones. Uh, I put many, really many hours into that, especially when they put the Star Wars mod out. Then I lost yes. a, a whole yes. month of my life. I couldn't believe what that guy was able to do with uh, scripts. It was amazing. Because a lot of stuff, the stuff that we swore was not possible to, to do and. 
did it was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's so, that's okay. always impresses me when somebody takes a game that was just not meant to do some things yeah. and and through not even tampering with the executable just in the scripting files is able to pull something like that off. That's just uh, amazing to me. Yeah, it's because he just tried. For us, we didn't even try. We just thought, you know, someone said it was not possible and nobody tried. So <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. So what, um, the thing that immediately struck me about uh, Endless Space 1 was the art and the music that yeah. were in there were, were just really first rate. Um, which coming from, you know, like Galactic Civilization 2 was okay looking. It was it was definitely better looking than like Master of Orion 2 and 3. Um, mm. But then this was a completely different world. Of, of level of quality of art and, and that. So um, it, it's, it seemed like, you know, you paid particular attention to the aesthetics of the game, um, which was was really, really nice. Uh, I, I used to just listen to the soundtrack on loop when I was playing other things. Um, but so whenever you guys made the first game, then, you, you know, you learned some things from that, and then you made Endless Legend, which is the fantasy version of this, um, and then I also own uh, Endless or Dungeon of the Endless, mm-hmm. which is a which is a, a radical departure from uh, mm. you know from the other types of games. Although it's it it's really neat, you know, yeah, well, it's it's uh, you know it, it strikes me as, as something like maybe somebody started on their spare time and and you guys saw it and said, Ooh, let's make that," and it's not in, in drunk evening. Really. It was, it was, as so yeah, many so, things do. Yeah, where a bunch of people being, you know, getting drunk one evening, so talking about, you know, all these roguelikes we're playing. And, and basically, we just started, like, designing the, this, uh, yeah, the, the bare bone of what would become, you know, that game. Just, just for fun. And actually, what's weird is, like, you know, the, 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 all the weekend after that, that party, basically, everyone started to work on their own, basically, on, on prototyping games and documents. Just, just like Monday, like two days after, like three days after, you know, like we were all like meeting up and saying, okay, yeah, guys, you know, I did this and I did that. And it actually became something serious very quickly. And like maybe not even a week actually, we started production on the game, which was, I never had that happening ever. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. It, and it's a, it's a definitely different kind of game. I don't think anybody would ever made a, it's like a roguelike tower defense game. With with like yeah, resource management and things and uh, yeah, so that that was something I don't think we've seen before or since. It, it so actually made it actually neat. made me like tower defense. I'm not a big tower defense fan, but I love the the tower defense. How seamless it is in Dungeons. And with a bit of RPG as well, it, it's quite fun basically to to really get attached to all these these guys and and discovering all these stories between them. It's it's, uh, it's definitely a cool cool thing to design. Now we yeah, and, it, and it's sort of a it's sort of another parallel with the the um, uh, the sort of the stars guys, right? Where because they also made a road like in in the gap in between games, right? And uh, it, yeah, I, I I really like that. Um, what what is that even called? I can't remember the name of it. Sort of the stars, the pit. The pit, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is another excellent okay. roguelike. Now, one thing I found yeah. fascinating about all all your games is that they share the same interconnected universe. Was that an early decision, like even before Endless Space? Or was that a decision that came about after you saw the success of the first game? 
No, no, no. It was um, basically when we when we started Amplitude. Um, so we knew we work on four axes, but actually we were not limited to space or from the beginning. Actually, we wanted to to work on many different four axes. Uh, but the thing is, you know, we knew that space would be a good entry point because we had everything to learn. Uh, so we did uh, put a few stones that would help us for the future. And actually, uh, the universe uh, was meant to, to, to go beyond endless space. Now, the thing is, um, when we started to work on Legend, uh, it's true that, you know, we were not sure at the beginning whether it would be actually um, uh, adapted and and at the same time, we're so crazy about the universe we created that we really loved it, and we really wanted to 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 find link. And at the same time, developing developing a sci-fi universe is very difficult uh, because you know you have so many cliches you can fall in, and but it's even worse with fantasy. Uh, even more cliches, you know. Uh, uh, what is an elf? What is a dwarf? You know, can you make one with elves and dwarves? Can you make one with a giants, with, with goblins? So it's always, you know, the kind of questions, you know, what, what people expect uh, to see in a, in a medieval fantasy universe. Um, dragons? Do, do you have dragons? Uh, you know, magic. You know, what happens? And and suddenly, when we realized actually, it would be perfect to put that uh, that world, you know, within you know the endless universe and just be a part of it. Um, made it uh, actually very interesting. Suddenly, uh, it was okay. It's not just pure medieval fantasy. You know, it's it's medieval fantasy sets in the sci-fi universe. And actually, what was even cooler was when we started to look at different people and realizing that you know we could have some people in that planet being aware that actually uh, you know they they're more or less you know sci-fi people like lost you know in that medieval universe and they had to get out of there like you know the, the vaulters for example uh, and having other people having different aspects you know of magic oh sorry of, of fantasy like magic uh, you know so, so the, not everyone would see the world or the universe in the same way or would have the same information about the universe as a player when you start to play a bit all different factions you know you start to understand what's going on and, 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 and what are all the pieces of the puzzle but it, it's 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 kind of a reward when for playing the game for for quite a bit. Yeah, I I've, I can tell there's a lot of little nods in there to, to other games and things that that diehards will definitely appreciate. Uh, now, does that mean you have kind of a universe bible uh, that helps you keep track of everything? Uh, helps you keep track of continuity in the universe? Yes. So you don't kind of step over yourself. Yes, we, we have. So we have uh, first we have a living Bible, which is Jeff, <laughs> the lead writer. So when you're not sure, you know, you just ask him. Uh, and then, of course, we have quite a few uh, documents uh, explaining, you know, the whole like story, who was, who, where, when, you know, all these kind of elements. So when you know we add something, you know, we first update that, we see where it stands. Uh, and every once in a while, uh, Jeff uh, comes back to to all all of our amplitudes and, and and explains, you know, the status of the universe, you know, at that point, you know. So when we start a game or in mid development. Uh, because you know we always evolve the, the universe. We include you know um, all the needs that we have, all the cool ideas that we had in between. You know the, the the stories we wrote, and it can you know update and modify you know some of the, of, of the elements that people thought. So we have regular updates on how the, the universe is evolving. So ex- oh, explain sorry. to me just briefly um, how endless legend and endless space how. Like, where is Endless Legend in the Endless Space Galaxy, and, and at what time period? 
Okay, so basically the, the the way it is. So first of all, like Jeff would be the best one to answer that question. So I'll do my best, you know, basically to to uh, give you a few hints. Uh, but basically, the the way it is is you know you had a long time ago a civil war within you know the endless universe or the endless actual empire. So the endless were these extremely advanced guys uh, that you know are the base of our world, um, and some of them like basically when they discovered the dust being that. Uh, Amazing matter, you know that that can shape in anything they think of. Uh, you know they, they 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 started using it. Some people kind of refuse that and became virtual. And this is basically these people and refuse their body and 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 basically yeah, virtual guys. And basically, there's been a fight between physical guys and virtual guys. And you know and kind of the whole empire and universe, you know, got half destroyed through that. And hence also. Um, a lot of also dust all over the place. And during, you know, that civil war, you know, Orega, the planet of endless legend, was heavily uh, destroyed uh, because it was um, a research planet for um, for the endless. And and that's why also the planet got really hurt. And, and the planet is basically starting in a cycle of death, basically. And, you know, as you play the game, you know, uh, as the game goes forward, you know, you see this planet dying. But the planet, the planet, you know, as as you will see, is uh, very special, very different, uh, more or less, maybe nearly has a soul. Um, and basically, you will be one of these people that are, you know, that will resurface a long time after that war. And and some of these people, like the Volters, actually, that were space-faring people, humans, actually, uh, already that, you know, appeared, you know, after the disappearance of the Endless, uh, got shut down by the defense, the automatic defenses, for example, from the um, from the, the, the from Origa, basically, and crashed on the planets. And and basically, we have humans arriving there, and some other people that went into hiding uh, during the war suddenly like surface again and realize the planet is good to leave again, basically. And so that's where you where you stand. You come a long time after. We never said how much uh, longer, how long, sorry. Uh, after the the war and the end of the war, you know, the, the event starts, but we always say it's a very long time after the end of the war. So enough for the planet to kind of recover uh, from its wounds or from the what's appearing to be wounds, but actually the planet, as you know, is dying. So that's it. And when you finish Endless Legend, you know, you you will be able to escape the planets and. In our storyline, you know, we have uh, some of the guys that actually, like the boulders, actually, that can finally escape, you know, and recreate, you know, their own faction and be at the start of uh, the what will become the United Empire later. Oh, that's cool. That's fascinating. Yeah, the, a lot of the, the stuff as far as the lore of the races, um, you know, like the, from the first Endless Legend, I'm not sure who all is going to be in Endless Legend or... I mean, endless space too, um, but it's you know some some of the robotic races, you know, like the Cravers and the Formers and and those guys that um, they have their own motivations for for doing things, and and they're not necessarily that they're going to diplomatically participate with the other races. You know, might just be to, to eat them, um, but yeah, I, I just uh, I thought that was that was a very rich lore and backstory that was in there, and it uh, it kind of colored the way that I played the races. It encouraged me to kind of role play in yeah. in their attitude. 
we definitely want to have like good synergy between the story and uh, the um, uh, the gameplay. So, so the gameplay should actually help you roleplay. You know, it should help you. For example, like cravers, you know, you have that sense of craving you know, very quickly. You know, you you realize you know you're you're emptying opens your own. You need to move on. You need to get implants because that's part of the gameplay. But that's part of who they are, and there's a very good sense you know of. of um, of unity between you know this uh, story and gameplay, and and that's what we want to push for all our um, uh, populations. Okay, I, gu- I guess the um, and the, Brian might have this in his in his list of questions, but uh, um, it's this the the primary thing that I think of when I think of endless space is you guys did some very brave things in the combat system, um, as far as having some cards that are in there that you can play. Where you you have to kind of gamble before the combat starts about yeah. what your tactics are going to be, um, and then of course you gain different tactics as the game goes on. So you might not even have options at the beginning that you will have later. Um, but as as the uh, the three phases of combat, so you have the you know the long range, medium, and then the short range brawling between the ships, um, and. That that was the thing that I I actually enjoyed a lot. There 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 seemed to be some contention in the fan base about whether they liked that combat or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and first off, I'm I'm curious about the development of that combat system and and what you guys did to, to arrive at that. And then in the new game, how how it has been changed based on just refinement and what you learned in Endless Legends, which I think combat in Endless Legends is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And and how that influenced the design stuff in here, um, because I've all I had a problem in just conceptually understanding. You know, what, what do you want from me as a ship designer? Um, and and I think it would have helped to show me like some example ships as a new player. Like the you know the, these are the things that we built, right? Um, because I, I I try to look at the computer when I'm playing against it, and it's like, what is what is he making? Right? Like, how could I do that better? Because you can put, you know, a, a ton of guns on a ship, um, or you know, different different systems and stuff. But I didn't understand. Like, do I make one ship that's just pure medium range, or do I try to make a balanced ship that can fight in all three phases, or what? I've I've never quite understood what's optimal. Okay. Um, so the thing is, I think we all. Even ourselves looking at what's you know <laughs> what's optimal, and it's a system which is still evolving. What what we want uh, for you is to be able to of course uh, make bets between you know should you have you know um, a fleet which is mostly made for long range or having some long range ships you know that will be defended by short range ships, you know that will you will put in different you know um, uh, flotillas that will be able to more or less you know attract you know the the the, the, the fires while you know and try to go deep in the melee. Uh, we definitely wanted to, to give you a, a sense of combining basically your ships together. Um, I don't think you can make ships that good all around if you want, or maybe just you know, specialize. And that's definitely what we want you to do. We want you to specialize and find you know, the proper mix of ship uh, to have the, the, the best you know combined fleets together. Uh, what we'll, we'll develop uh, more is also like the idea of capital ships and, and support ships. Uh, so, so at one point, you know, well, as the game evolves, you know, your float, your flotillas, or your fleets that will uh, should evolve from, you know, this kind of small skirmishes, skirmishes uh, fleets that you know, where maybe at the beginning you tend to have all around ships, 
uh, but as it goes, you know, you will more or less create your kind of task force, you know, and 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 create everything around, you know, these big ships that will send, you know, um, uh, fighters and bombers to to go deep, you know, within the enemy lines very fast, um, and, and it will be all about protecting your 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 big ships that will have this amazing firepower. So it's um, from beginning to the end, it's not the same gameplay, not the same designs, um, and then therefore will not be always in strategies. Then, then talking about strategies, you know, you can uh, try to 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 counter, you know, some other people's strategies, um, and 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 the idea will be how can we um, understand the strategies they sh- better they should play. So I, I try to find you know the best counter for that, and then you know you want to enter into that that to enter into that mind game where you actually should try to say okay now if he thinks I'm going to counter with this, you know maybe he will play my counter so. How, so where, where do I stop? Where, where, where what do I think is best? Should I play just what's best for me? What's counter? What's best for him? Uh, so that's what we want, and, and then you know by uh, bringing data and information to the player, uh, so they could try to learn on how the other player is playing. So to see what are their habits, and you know, and maybe by trying to to counter their habits. So that's um, that's more or less the whole the whole spirit. If it makes any sense. Yeah. So if I if I encounter another player's ships. Do I get intelligence about their ship? Like these were the components that were on that ship that I just fought, or do I have so to just kind of? You don't observe? have that today. You don't have that today. I don't think so. But you will uh, eventually have that. Uh, we want you to, to better understand uh, the ship designs that you're facing. Um, you that's important. What's very important is also when you look at the battle uh, in front of you. You should also better understand um, the, the the ships that, that you have, see, understand the modules equipped, uh, where they're successful, where they're not, where they miss, when they miss, uh, what they're aiming at. So you know all this scanning, you know, that we add during the battle is stuff that will help you a lot. Try to see what were your efficient ship designs and which ones were not. Uh, so, you know, it could be a spectacle that you can just watch and not try to think, or it could be just something that you want to study. It's like, you know, replaying, you know, a match, you know, that you've seen on TV, and, and basically you want to replay it again to try to understand, like, you know, being the coach physically, uh, where you guys uh, did right and what they did wrong. And and we want to give the players all the tools to really uh, basically uh, feel like the coach of the team of, of their fleet and, and basically try to optimize from battle to battle, you know, their behaviors, and of course counter uh, the behaviors of the enemy as they learn more and more from them, whether it is from their designs or from their strategies that they're using. Okay, would it be possible, or do you think it would be too much power for the player to have if there was a simulator where I could just build some ships, you know, pick a, pick a race's ship? And pick technology and just stick modules on it, and then make them fight each other and see what happens without having to actually build them. You know, just as long as I have the technology, or I have observed the technology from the enemy, and maybe so, I, I could try to reproduce their ships and test a fleet against them. It could it could be possible. Uh, it's not in it's not in the plan right now. We talked about it actually a while back. Um, we we said not to do it because we realized you know uh, there's so many factors that that you know should be taken into account. It's probably that you know like an, an arena to 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 try ships 
will not uh, no all ship designs are good you know you don't have bad ones you know it depends how you're going to use them with all, with what other ships you're going to use them against what you're going to use them and and that's you know it's part of that actually from game to game it will not be the same you know people will that different strategies uh, will create different designs uh, so so it's it's a matter of adapting to that game you're playing and against mm. who you are at war and with whom you know you are allied so it, it will it's all normally you, you wouldn't need that but you would need to understand what's happening during battle and right now we, we need more than that we, more than what we have today in the game yeah so what do, what do you think about just a log that I could review after combat we discussed that um, it, it is uh, it is somewhere in, in our list you know it's pretty low for now um, but some of the stuff we have in mind and, and also depends on player feedback but we have logs um, uh, and being be able to more or less uh, review uh, step by step what happened during the battle, basically a kind of a visualization of the log after, you know in after battle, trying to understand okay. when you did a lot of damage, when you received a lot of damage, what happened then. So it's it's stuff uh, that that could be done. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's quite, quite a lot of work, and right now as it is quite it is so very advanced. Uh, for like you know a very small portion of the player, we definitely want to mm. try to make something more accessible. Uh, and it's possible that one day, probably maybe post-release, that for the most advanced players, we could like you know uh, leave some logs and and have people analyze more in detail what what worked, what didn't work. Okay. Yeah, because currently I'm just sort of uh, at an experimental phase where where it's just like, well, let me just make a ship. You know, I'll throw this stuff on it and see what happens. But I don't yeah. really understand the modifiers of, you know, if I if I have a bunch of one kind of a gun, do I get a bonus or you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a little fuzzy. But I, there's there's people that that actually have grasped the system really well and written guides, and it's just yeah. been a long time since I read one. Yeah, and it, it's and, and anyway, we will add more and more uh, information for everyone, so it, it will become easier to grasp. Okay, so what, so what has actually what what have you guys changed from the combat in the first one to the second one? Is it, is it major differences? The biggest difference was that when we started uh, the first release of a space one, uh, you were able during the battle to to uh, you know play some cards during the battle, and these cards could be countered or not by the other player. You know, so. It was a very simple system, and what I liked about that was, you know, you had a very simple action that could happen during the game. One of the biggest feedback we received then was, uh, well, you know what, uh, it's only two actions or three actions I take in, in the game. Uh, I'd rather do them, uh, choose them before battle starts, and, and so I could auto-play the game, because, you know, people playing, you know, a lot of games, you know, in a row, uh, if they could skip the battle and just get the result, you know, they would be happy. But they wanted to make sure, you know, the better result they would get would be the best results they could get, not you know uh, a, a solution that would have killed a few ships that they didn't need to kill to, to lose. So, so that's why after that we decided, okay, if everyone, everyone, everyone wants to be able to uh, plan battle ahead, so they can actually uh, auto simulate it, you know, we should bring all the strategy in front and that's the biggest difference with that and that's uh, biggest difference with NS space 2 where we want you to plan ahead everything so and and that actually we we, we are looking into giving even more control to the player of things you know that can be 
controlled uh, before battle starts. Yeah, one thing I like about the new combat system is um, I don't remember this from the first game. It's been a while since I played it, but I like how before combat starts, you can choose kind of a a strategy, like I'm going to go in or I'm going to do this, but you can tweak it a little bit as well, which which I like because I would much prefer actually tweaking it during the combat, but that's not how this works, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> but I like being able to like say, hey, guys, I want you to do this. Go. No, it, it, it's. Uh, it, I think in many ways you feel feel much more like you know, like Napoleon before, like you know, the Battle of Waterloo or, or Sillage, You know, setting so your perfect battle plan and hope for the best. You know, after because once the battle starts, you know, there's not much you can do from your side. Yeah. And and you know, and and, and that we want you to be in that position. You know, this kind of emperor position, uh, not you know, a captain. You know, uh, trying to asking people to hide behind a wall basically. So that's not really the feeling. Yeah, I I got to admit, I think that what might be what gets me about the uh, combat system the most. It there's something that kind of rubs me raw a little bit about it. I think it's that helplessness that once I've it started, there's nothing I can do except hope for the best. I'm like, no, I want to do this, do that. No, damn it. No. Yeah, but you know what I'd love to see in a game sometime is a, is a game like this that doesn't have faster-than-light communication. So when you send a probe ship to another system, you don't know anything about what that probe ship saw until it comes back home, and then mm-hmm. you see the system. But if it gets killed while it's there, you just never see it again, and, and then you wonder. So the same would be true with combat, right? You send a fleet, and and if they come back, then you get the log of what happened, and if they, they don't, it just disappeared when it got there. Um, but nobody's done that, and I, I can it's think of probably, good reasons why. It's probably not the easiest thing to implement in a game. I would think no, but it, but a, a game like the Viceroy or something where you're you're basically the emperor on the throne and your mm-hmm. point of view is from the home world, yeah, not something much more everywhere. higher level. Yeah, something much yeah. more higher level that might work. Yeah, yeah, um, it wouldn't work here, but it's just I just want somebody yeah, you'd to need be brave to, you'd and need do to be it. a step or two above even where this is. You know, you'd be you need to be you know even above uh, this. Um, it, it is for like not giving like not having full control of everything is quite. F- Fun somehow, like you know, it's uh, to have. I disagree, uh, but okay, fine. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it, it, it's awful, you know, because you you want them like to listen to what you tell them, but it's true, like to to have um, for for us, that's a bit what we had in mind with the population. Uh, we wanted like to to be able to have the population that would have their own will and desire that could sometimes be different from the one that, uh, from the emperor, basically. And how we, will you deal with that? You know, will you like with them to 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 do what you want them to do? Uh, you know, or will you sometimes you just have to do what they want to do, although it's not what you want to do? Um, so it's not um, it, it's it's not a perfectly aligned you know system where you know you take an action and it happens. You know, and and sometimes you have to 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 deal with uh, your guys having all different desires, like your heroes. Maybe one day you know they have their own you know politics. And um, so anyway, I, I, see, I see what I see what you mean. For me, time delay is difficult. I, I think in many ways sometimes because you, you you forget. You don't know what happens on some come back. You know you forgot about it, but um, but uh, to have not full control and and I think it's it's interesting. Like having different factions, basically in an empire, is is fun. Yeah, what what I found was successful for me in the first game is I would have I would have scout ships because once you've explored a lot, you know it's like well my scout ships don't have a lot of use anymore. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I would equip them defensively, and before I would encounter an enemy fleet. 
I would throw a scout ship in and I would just play defensive cards hoping that he would survive it. Um, mm-hmm. But just have him encounter the enemy fleet. And then I could look and see, like, okay, well, they're fighting mostly at, at medium range. So, so then, yeah, so then whenever my fleet shows up, then I know what cards I'm going to play. Yeah. Because, you know, I've already scouted him with a scout ship. So, yeah, and, and, and those things are so cheap, they're disposable. So I, I actually found a purpose for them. And yeah. it wouldn't it have been that. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a thing mm. to to even need that. Uh, but because I had to declare what I was going to do before I got into the combat, it was very much to my advantage to know, you know what their tactics were going to be before the, the main fleet arrived. Mm. I was a common strategy being used on the space one already. People were like refitting all their ships after they saw, you know, what you were, what you had equipped on your, on your fleet. And then, you know, they yeah. attacked you perfect counter and using the perfect cards to counter you was butcher. Was... Yeah, well, one, one thing about uh, Endless Space 1, I played quite a bit of multiplayer in it. And yeah. because the combat was not micromanagement like that, you could mm-hmm. get through the combat pretty quickly. Yeah. And and you know just what what's going to happen happens but if you want to watch it you can but it's optional. And um that actually helps multiplayer out because Brian and I have tried to play uh like Galactic Civilization 3 is a is a prime example where there are so many turns in the game mm. where where it's just you, you hit end turn, you know, you have a build queue that's like, you know, in 100 turns you're going to get this. And you just have to sit there and keep beating the end turn button until something happens. But that has to go around the group of people that are playing every time. So, And, and I've found that uh, Endless Space 1 was a much better paced game for a multiplayer thing than so, playing some of the traditional things. Because because we are big fans of multiplayer for X uh, with Mathieu, actually. So, and that's part of the, of the DNA of Amplitude. We wanted to make for X games that were fun to play multiplayer, basically. So we could play, you know, a whole game, you know, uh, in one afternoon, you know, on Sundays or maybe like two afternoons. And, 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 you know, and yes, and so we did everything so that rhythm would go fast. You never would be like waiting or we don't have to wait long. Um, so hence the sim, <clears throat> sim turns, hence, you know, all this activity and action from turn to turn. We, we don't want to have like 10 turns where you just press and turn. We don't want to have battle that last 30 minutes uh, of, you know, heavy decisions and with having one of the other players like just falling asleep uh, on the, uh, yeah, on the other side because you're just fighting a battle against pirates, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So we it's have a, a question. Pace. Sorry, we have a question from the chat. Because uh, yeah. right now the game has, what, five factions in it? Four. So four. Four. Excuse me. Four. Yeah. I'm, uh, sorry. The random button. <laughs> I was like in my mind. It's like that's a fifth faction. No, it's a random button. Uh, we have a question as to one: why you guys are so awesome, and two: when's the next faction coming out for uh, for the uh, early access version? Okay. Uh, I will not answer the first one, but the second one. Come on. uh, we want definitely to have um, uh, something coming out. Uh, within a month or so for the next faction, uh, maybe a bit more. Um, so basically, we have four more factions coming out, maybe a month and a half for the next one. Uh, like uh, four more factions coming out. 
uh, including the Fallen, the Fallen faction, that was, which was designed by the community, which will be the last one to come out, uh, because we had to start working late on it, so obviously. Um, but, um, but then, yeah, we have three others we haven't announced, and, and it will be, I can tell you, to give you a hint, uh, you will have a mix of uh, new factions and all the factions from Endless Space 1 coming back to the game. Very, very nice. Now, uh, I wanted to ask, because early access can really be a double-edged sword uh, for a lot of developers. Sorry? Sorry, my mic cut out for a second. Uh, How are you finding the early access process going for Endless Space 2 so far? Oh, it's good. It's great. Uh, it, but it, it's always uh, scary as hell to go in early access. Because <laughs> early access, in many ways, you know, it's it's your real release. It's it's more of a release than the the final game, actually. So, um, the, so yes, it's 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 a scary one. Um, uh, the, it's it's very scary as well because not only it's your real release, but the game is. You know, still has bugs. The uh, totally unbalanced. Uh, so it's um, you never know how people will react to it, to receiving uh, uh, you know an early access. And and for us, you know, a double stress that we had was you know we we have new friends with uh, with Sega, you know, and and you know we were like taking them with us, you know, in that adventure of the early access and and shipping basically an unfinished game, you know, and and to to have everyone play it. So we, we didn't know how they would react to you know to this uh, the the first feedbacks of people saying you know they would disagree with a, a feedback decision with a bug they were, they could see they could see a crash happening uh, and, and they were very good at it but uh, and it was stressful as we didn't know how they would react so anyway it was um, it's always scary um, uh, it went very well I'm very happy you know I think we're at 81 or 82 uh, user score on Steam uh, which is you know for early access uh, it's good uh, if you look at it from the, the mood it's very good as well uh, so that's that's great um, I'm happy that people uh, people like you know our uh, choices and decisions uh, so so it definitely helps us uh, motivates us to actually to, to do more so so now you know we are working with them you know uh, on ways to improve the the battle, for example, you know it, it's uh, something we discuss quite a bit here. We're discussing a lot with the community as well on how to to give all these tools or improve all these tools uh, with them. But whether this is going to be the population adventures, quests, you know, all that is are great moments. Uh, for example, like a quest, you know, in the four X, it's a tricky one because uh, you could you you wouldn't want someone to happily uh, once. And, and and then then don't want to play it again, you know. So because it's a game you're going to play again and again and again and again. So it should be fun to play them again. So just that having people in early access, helping you and telling you oh, this quest I don't like, this quest I don't like, uh, because because uh, it's rarely because of the writing. It's mostly because of the goals of, uh, of what they're going to gonna have to do. That could be sometimes a bit uh, rigid. So we have to, to to find ways to make them more fun, more interesting, and uh, with a gameplay that. You you can renew um, so in many ways. So anyway, it's a, it's um, it, it's pretty cool. And and also, you know, we had a um, an in, uh, what we call an improved list or a priority list that we had uh, when we shipped. 
um, and looking, you know, uh, trying to mix and, and match it to player expectations as well to see, you know, if we're on track or if actually we had to, to, to raise the priority on some, on some of the elements we wanted to do and, and later and, and lower priority of some of the elements we wanted to do soon, but actually, except us, you know, no, no one is asking for it. So, so it's, it allows you to readapt and realign your priorities to the priority of your community, which is, I think, very important. Uh, yeah, because um, I've I've noticed if you you guys have a great community the the games together thing which I kind of wanted to talk about where did that idea come from and how has that altered your development at all because I think it's kind of fascinating how much input you actually actively ask from your community that doesn't always happen and it could be really tricky. Well, the, the the good things I think it's a uh, one thing is we I think we influence each other's. Uh, we try to 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 be very positive with our community and 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 constructive. Um, we want to give them uh, visibility as well on what we do, um, uh, so they're not surprised. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, when we know we'll not do something, we just simply tell them uh, instead of trying to avoid, you know, the, the topic. Uh, so it's, um, we try to be transparent. Uh, they, know, they know that, you know, we are um, uh, nuts about what we do. Uh, we also plan uh, time with the community. So uh, I think we have close to 10 designers working on uh, Endless Space 2. Uh, so it's quite a lot uh, for this kind of games. I think if you compare to many of our competitors, I would say you would have like three times less uh, uh, designers on such a game. Uh, it's just because we spend a lot of time um, interacting with the community. So um, no, at one point, you, you, you know, if it's expected, expected from you, you need to be able to work on less things but then you spend more time, you know, in the forums, interacting with the guys and try to understand, explain what you do. Um, so guide uh, your players in, in, you know, to give you uh, feedback you can use because, you know, it, uh, you know so a feedback like, you know, it sucks, doesn't help, you know, so you try to explain them, you know, to, to, to basically give us better details of what stuff they don't like, why don't, don't they like it. And then, you know, after a while, you know, they educate each other, you know, it's so, um, so it's easier. And now we're pretty, which is uh, pretty mature, uh, that know, you know, uh, how how we use things and they help us, you know, to, to try to, to give us enough feedback in, the, in, a, in, in a way we can make something out of it. So... It's, like, it's pretty cool, and then of course, the the deal is for us to be transparent. You know, um, we we don't have to have a, a hidden agenda, you know, for, for the community, except surprises. You know, for the for like you know, we have a few like basically the only surprises we have is more, more or less you know the the factions. We we try to, to give a little, uh, little uh, thing on you know hidden, so so we have a surprise for them, and you know it's it's a reward and a gift for everyone. So, but that that's not the only thing. Everything else is is pretty straightforward. I'm I'm also yes, curious. Sorry, quick question. Um, I'm also curious how Sega fits into this whole uh, community thing and everything because that, that's right I, where I was going too. Yeah, because like. Uh, have they been more hands-on, or are they, like, hands-off, like, you guys have already been successful, you do you, and we're just here if you need us? Like, how has that relationship been? Because that was a surprise for a lot of people when you guys got acquired by Sega. Yeah. Okay, so for the Sega topic, um, 
uh, I, actually, what you said more or less at the end was perfectly it. Uh, it's uh, how that is. Um, they they don't really do early access. Uh, so, but um, they, of course, uh, Games Together, we are the only ones doing that. So, um, obviously, if they were interested in, uh, in us, I, I want to think this is also uh, because of what we do with the Games Together. Uh, and and the way they are so far, they're just exactly as you said. You know, um, whatever we can do, you know, you proved you can do uh, amazing for X's. You know, we love that. You know, we love these games. You know, it's creating our portfolio. We basically we have a perfect fit. You know, in terms of philosophy, in terms of games we do. Um, so basically, how can we help you? And 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 we do need a lot of help. You know, we. We grew very fast. Uh, we are very young. Um, uh, we have a lot of things we're not good at. You know, we we need help. We are game developers, um, and you know, and 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 if we if we want to keep making good games, we need to have people to help us to more or less take care of you know the 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 the, the, the business side of things. So we can just make games and not have to think, oh, oh God, how am I going to sell this game? You know, and. Because that's not, you know, uh, what we're good at. Although, you know, if we come back to to your earlier question, which was um, how did the idea of the game together come? The idea of the game together was, you know, uh, we believe because you know we're really quite experienced in making games um, that we could make a good game, um, but we we believed that we are most likely not to be able to sell it, uh, that most people would never know that we did a, a good game. Uh, the idea with the Games Together was to, to try to create uh, a bond with our community um, and and so people would get very engaged in, in the game and talk a lot about the game and bring their friends in. And for that, we decided to, to, to we thought about what could, you know, engage, you know, our players and basically our future players. And we decided by basically more or less being transparent, by, you know, just uh, opening, you know, ourselves to them and say, okay, this is who we are, this is what we do, uh, this is what we do now, this is what we'll do tomorrow, and if you want us to do something different tomorrow, come and help us uh, do it and, and, and you know, uh, explain, you know, what else or how else we could do it, and, you know, and, and if we like it, you know, we'll implement it in the game and, and show it to you, basically. So it's this whole idea of, uh, of uh, we, we believed as players, you know, that uh, that working, you know, um, in life in front of some of, of, of your players uh, was something very motivating uh, for for the players. Basically. So that's what we wanted to see as players, and that's how we decided to develop, develop that that way. But it was a way to to attract people to our community, to our games, uh, and also it was a way for us to learn to make games uh, we didn't know how to make. We knew how to make games, but not for Xs. We never did a Forex before. And by attracting some of the most experienced Forex players around, uh, it was helping us, giving us uh, um, uh, a lot of possibility, basically, to to uh, to, to have, have all that feedback very very early on. And basically, from the moment we would work on the game developers and not from the moment where the game is finished, really. And that's the big difference. And that's why we couldn't work otherwise nowadays. Now you yeah, there was, a lot of co- there was a lot of concern in the in the community, you know, at, at the the surprise Sega announcement. And, every, yeah. and people were just expressing, you know, boy, I hope 
the relationship with Sega doesn't change them or, or whatever. So we're, we're happy to see that there's, there's some separation and you guys leverage each other's strengths. But I, I have the temptation though, that if I were you, I would have the artist draw up an alien race. That's blue hedgehogs and, and just be like, Hey, you know, here's, here's a teaser. Just do like a silhouette that looks like Sonic the hedgehog. And be like, this is the new race that's coming. It's a mystery. And just watch people lose their minds. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure that, you know, we would get, uh, you know, um, have a riot in the building quick, very, very quickly. So, yes, we didn't take the chance to do that. That's for sure. It'd be a good April Fool's thing. Or announce Endless Western. You yeah. can just say, hey, our new game, it's a Western. And <laughs> also people would... <clears throat> Now, you said you'd never worked on a 4X game before, yet I, <clears throat> one thing I loved about the original game, and especially the new one, is the interface. Uh, the UI mm. is probably one of my favorite things about these games, uh, because I'm kind of a UI nut. Uh, so, though you say you never <coughs> worked on one before, how did you come, how did your previous experiences help you build such a clean and usable user interface? So with that, we basically during our previous lives, you know, we uh, worked with some amazing UI uh, designers, basically, and that's that helped us on previous games that we worked on, through um, uh, strategy games, not for X, but strategy games, uh, and very good job with that. Uh, so we, that's also. What we realized, you know, when we were playing many of the forexes we loved, you know, we were most of the time fighting against the interface. And and it's true that, you know, working on AAA interface is something which is very important. You know, you have a big team working on the interface to try to actually minimize, you know, the time people would would spend on the interface. But actually, what you want is people to play the game and not, to, of course, fight, you know, the interface. So so that that's basically why um, uh, we were very, very um, uh, used to, 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 to that. And we knew <coughs> that the interface uh, would be one of our, our biggest fights because 4X is an interface game. You know, it's very interface heavy. So, yeah. yeah, so anyway, yeah I, noticed, I noticed the, the design choices here because it, it was sort of material before, but you guys have thoroughly em- embraced the material design thing. I, I think you actually were early adopters of that, you know, because it, it wasn't super popular back whenever Endless One came out. And, and even that game kind of leaned into the to the uh, material style of flat interface. Yes. Yeah, it's it's also to, to give it like a... It's, it's true, like, when, when you look at many uh, strategy games, not necessarily for x um, interfaces, they tend to be very old school, uh, you know. Uh, um, so anyway, it, it, it was... it was a, uh, Yeah, or fantasy stuff, you had to have a stone, uh, you know, texture, you know, on it, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's we definitely not wanted to do that. You know, we wanted to to be more, uh, you know, um, Apple or more, you know, like uh, a web design, very like sleek, uh, very modern, and 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 it should feel cool to play for X game. You shouldn't feel like nerdish and shouldn't have to hide, you know, in your bedroom to play for X basically. So so uh, so, what is the roadmap uh, for the rest of the early access period for Endless Space Two? Like you you, you said, there's another faction uh, coming out within maybe a month. But what uh, what else is uh, coming up going forward that's leading you to the final release? 
Well, we have like marketplace, we have uh, mercenaries, we have, you know, like uh, bigger, better weapons, you know, coming out, you know, for to be like world destroyers. Um, we have uh, diplomacy, advanced diplomacy. You know, right now we have nearly nothing in terms of diplomacy. You know, it's and part of Forex, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, making friends as much as, you know, you will make enemies. So it's definitely part of that. Uh, we'll have, uh, of course, the AI using the, the diplomacy and, and giving you, you know, the tools to be able to better understand uh, what the AI thinks of you, of the surrounding um, uh, pressure system to, to help you, like, bully people into, like, you know, considering a defeat without even, you know, shooting a single bullet. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so many things coming up. It's mostly what you will see uh, is uh, will be except uh, on top of these elements I, I just said. Uh, a lot of stuff will help um, to 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 bring more variety in the mid game to end game. You know, and that's why you know at first we wanted to limit uh, you know the the. the um, uh, the number of turns you had in uh, all the access because now what we have for mid game to end game is you know is is nothing you know it's just you know uh, basic and right now we're still missing two ages of technologies as well so it's definitely a lot of content so it's, there's a lot of content coming in. That, that's that's awesome because you know, a lot of people want as much as you can cram into a four X you know yeah uh, so I don't that, think they will be disappointed. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound disappointing. One thing I wanted to ask about is the uh, political system. I don't remember if the political system in the first game was as fleshed out as this one no. uh, seems to be. Like you have parties within each system in each planet that you ha- that you can deal with uh, separately, yeah. which is fascinating. So uh, is that a new thing? And if so, like how far, how far along is that and uh, how is that going to impact gameplay? So it's um, so right now what you have is the most base works. Uh, we'll, we'll keep expanding on that. Uh, the idea was to be able to have uh, people um, having more or less feelings, to be able to react to their surroundings. Um, so so basically, there could be a game between your people and yourself. Uh, you're the emperor, you know, you have a, a will and they have their own will, you know, and how will you, you make them follow you in what you want? How will you decide to follow them in what they want? So to create all this whole game and at the same time, uh, you will try to influence them, they will try to influence you. Uh, it's, it, it's a game basically to be just the emperor of you people without even having to deal with any other empires. You know, you could play the game with no other empires around, it should be fun. Basically. So it, it's, um, that, that's the whole idea, you know, at first. And basically now what we're working on is, is to, to having, having clearly, uh, showing you the player clearly how, um, um, uh, things will impact, you know, uh, events will in- impact their mood, uh, their beliefs, and, and how they will interact back to, to you. Uh, what will happen, you know, when you know when they will refuse uh, to follow you. Uh, so that's all these kind of things that we want to expand on. And I, I like how, like, if you build different types of ships, it can help different types of uh, different different governments, different type different parts of your government, which I like. I like how you can kind of influence it directly, but it can still like change how the game plays for you. 
I like and that. every single civilization in the game will react differently. You know, Cravers obviously will not react the same way to to war and peace than you know uh, Lumeris, for example, who will uh, a citizen of the Lumeris, who will or uh, a Lumeris population, because you know uh, you could even be a Cravers with Lumeris citizens, right? So because there's a whole migration system where people can migrate to other empires. Uh, so anyway, and 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 basically, very quickly, you will have an empire like which is multicultural, you know, and all these people will have different filters to look at their surroundings. So that will also add a whole different layer uh, in terms of complexity and having to deal with that. Yeah, that that sounds like an area of gameplay that isn't really looked at much in terms of. No. Like inter- there's not much internal politics. Usually, a lot of forex games. Like everyone's this one party, and it's great. Uh, so it is. It is kind of nice to see potential internal strife, not just from like angry citizens rising up as a mob, but also other uh, political parties as well. I, I'm really well, that, excited well, that, about that one. That's the thing that you know. In my first game that I played of it, right? I, I played the Sofons and the Homeworld. There's two races on the Homeworld already. Right, turn one, and there's uh, you know different political parties, and and you know one has a little more influence than the other. So clearly, the you know the more influential one is in power. But depending on what technology advancements I go for, I can see that okay, I'm going to empower one party or the other. So I might flip my government just by what technologies I chase. Yeah, and, and basically by, by being able to, to switch governments, you can also give new powers to your empire. You know, obviously, you know, to, to go to war, you know, the, the military, uh, militaristic party could be much more interesting. Um, although, you know, the, the, the um, industrial party could help you build a better fleet. So, or mm-hmm. a bigger fleet. So it, it, all these choices you will have to make and how will you manage to have your population switch, you know, allegiance. So well, the thing the thing that I find nice about the way that you guys are doing it is I don't just arbitrarily like in civilization I decide oh yeah I'm looking at the numbers and it would be better if I was a democracy right now, um, but I just arbitrarily flip to that and and it doesn't matter how I actually play the game so I could be a democracy that that is uh, you know really totalitarian in behavior right mm-hmm. um, and then. Looking at the way that you guys do it, I actually have to because to to get the government in power, I have to actually pursue the technologies and and systems that are going to give them power. So that means I'm going to be playing in in that mindset, not yeah. not just playing one way and having a government that's another way. Yeah, totally. That's that's the goal. Yeah. So uh, I guess my other question that i've got is about the dlc stuff because you know we've we've recently had paradox bring a you know 4x game out um paradox games the the contrast between you guys like endless space one there was no dlc right or maybe there was one there was okay there was yeah one expansion i think okay yeah i I remember that now because i but we had like 12 free ones i think Right, yeah, but yeah. I mean, there was the one pay one, was it? Dis, dis, dis something. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It began with a D, right? Disharmony? Yes, Disharmony, thank you. I kept wanting to say Dishonored. I'm like, no, that's a, that's a completely <laughs> different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, well, whenever, because they, then they started selling it as like the complete, you know, the, the, the gold package or yeah. whatever, and that's whenever I bought it for my wife, that was the one that I got, so I didn't. So I'd kind of forgotten that there even was a DLC on the thing. Um, But then uh, when Paradox brings a game out, 
it feels unfinished, right? It, it's just like, oh, well, we don't we don't have uh, a political system <laughs> at all, you know. And in about five DLCs down the road, we'll put that in, right? But but whenever you look at at paradox stuff, it, it's just you know their business model. Nothing against them, but um, but it's a thing where you know you're best to just wait a year or two, and then the game will be actually what you're expecting. Or if you want to be an early adopter you know, and do that. But, you know, you look at like Crusader Kings and they got like 40 different DLCs and, and such. And, um, so with endless legend, you guys have been doing DLCs a lot more frequently and, and they're paid, but they actually endless legend felt like a complete game on day one, mm-hmm. but then you add a new system, you know? So, so it's like the, like the new one, um, Tempest, I think it is, it's coming out. It adds yeah. a lot of seafaring things. Um, and then you had one that uh, that added like the whole uh, the spy system, you know, the the intelligence and, and that. Um, but it, it's it's like it was a complete game, and then you guys bolt on even more features that expands it out. So I'm wondering what's what's the plan with this? And I know it's early access; you don't even have this game done yet. So, but I'm, I'm just wondering like the roadmap of of what the ambitions are. So uh, I think there. Quite a f- lot of yeah, there are quite a few different things there. Um, one, uh, but I think DLC philosophy. I think there's one about that. Uh, and actually, we we changed actually. Um, at first, you know, we when we started amplitude, we believed that uh, DLC was a bad word, you know, and we've been there doing it, uh, doing uh, DLCs. Um, well, after you know shipping, you know, in the space, a lot of people will say, "Oh, I want more content, I want more content." You know, so we are trying to add, you know, but for free, you know. But after a while, you know, you just run out of money just because we started working on another game, right? So, so it was okay. How do we do that? So, say, okay, you know what, guys, we'll make you just this one, you know, uh, free DLC, uh, not free, uh, pay DLC. Uh, we ship it, and as soon as we shipped it, you know, people were two days after. Okay, we want more, one more, one more. You know, but it was too late. You know, it's, you know guys, we, we don't have more resources. You know, we, we can't do more. Um, and 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 that's where we realized actually, uh, DLC is not necessarily a bad thing. Actually, it can be a very good thing. Actually, it, it allows the game to live for a very long time. And and that's actually where I switch philosophy. You know, um, as a player. Uh, before everything, I prefer to have paid DLC on the game that I love, you know, and that allows me that game to evolve for a long time and stay alive for a long time. And and I love sometimes, you know, to put a game, you know, in um, in the drawer like for like you know six months and come back in six months and and we uh, download, you know, all the new extra DLCs uh, paid or free, whatever, you know, and play the game. And then I feel like you know I'm rediscovering this game I love uh, again and again. And then I can play for two more weeks and put it back in the drawer and uh, just dream to rediscover it again. So for me, I prefer to have you know pay DLC uh, on the games I love, you know, that allow me to to basically keep playing and and com- uh, on that game rather than you know just drop it and never go back to it. So I think it could be a good thing. Then I agree with you. Um, uh, there are two things that could make it, uh, 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 for me, uh, that are bad in terms of DLC. One, I agree with you, is when you you just withhold, you know, content you could have done, you know, to put it in the DLC, uh, content you could have done because maybe it wasn't that hard to do or because maybe actually it would have fit much better uh, for the game to feel complete uh, at release. So I agree. Although it could always be subject to, to discussion whether it was needed or not needed. Um, then the next one is value for the money. And 
sometimes when you look at DLC, uh, you could feel like it's a ripoff. Uh, you know, just looking at what content you get and how much you have to pay for it. And and that is not how you want people to react to your DLC. You don't want people to look at them and say, "Oh, you're ripping me off." You know. Uh, well, you and since you get. Since you guys are multiplayer focused in, in mm-hmm. the office there, um, how does it work if I have the DLC and you don't? Because uh, then the patch is going to have to download the DLC to you anyway so that you're compatible with me. But yes. do, I, do I get to witness the AI using things that I can't because I didn't unlock it with the DLC? No, no, no. The, the way it works on Legends, uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but you know, um, if, if you're the host, you have all the DLCs, all the clients will have the DLCs activated for them. Oh, see, that's that's really nice. So that, the, the that's, that's most content. generous, I would say. Yeah, it's a great nice. tease as well, you know. For us, I think it's the best way to 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 try to to have people discover basically what the DLC had. So you know, they could play with their friends. Oh, wow, that's so cool! I can do that. Okay, that's part of the DLC. Okay, cool. You know, uh, let, let's buy it. Or or I can only play with my friends. You know, and that's it. But I think it would have been really bad to limit everyone uh, to the minimum. Uh, so so if one guy has no DLC, then no one has access to the DLC. I think that's I to do the other way around, basically. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen some games where if you don't have the DLC, the uh, the AI will still have it, and they'll yeah, do really. things, and and it's like, wait, I can't do that, and and it's like, well, and maybe even the option is there, like, oh, I want to build this. Oh, well, uh, here, let me take you to the store. <laughs> it's like, damn it. No, it feels like free to play, basically. So. No, yeah, no, it's uh, it's not our philosophy, and and anyway, you know what? It's even easier for us to do that, that, that way. I mean, it, I mean, everything is better that way. It's better, to, easier to implement. Uh, it's uh, it feels like nice for as players. Uh, I think it's great to tease and to show and demo uh, the content. Um, I think I think it's definitely the best way to go. Yeah, it's like this ridiculous notion that you actually respect your customers. <laughs> ridiculous, totally. That sounds super ridiculous. Uh, So we got to start wrapping this up because I actually have to run to work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so when uh, are you expect? when is the plan to get out of early access for this one? Uh, We don't have a specific date yet. Uh, Usually what we try to to hold is uh, four to six months. What we realize in the past is... Uh, if you go beyond six months, people start to get um, uh, bored. You know, they you know they they want to always see stuff happening often, so they are active, and then you know they stay involved in the game. Uh, after a while, you know they move on. So we you need to finish the game within six months. So um, uh, and if it's less than four months, we don't have time to implement uh, anything. You know, uh, big enough. You know, so it's a. Uh, you need enough time to work, and it can be too long so people stay engaged. So four to six months is perfect, and we're doing our best to, to stick to that. That sounds like a really healthy uh, early access period. Not too long, not too short. You yeah. know, th- th- very nice. Um, so, yeah, Jim, any other questions before we wrap up? No, um, I'm pretty satisfied, and I and I I like the way that they're doing the early access, where they've brought the races in, you know, slowly, and that way they get a chance to balance the you know the baseline races before then they start adding more funky stuff in. So that that just makes sense, which uh, is scary because very few people do things that make sense in this industry. 
It's like just, it's like balance stuff, right? Let's let's throw like thirty races in there and then try to balance that. And oh gosh, I, we, so. we need time. You need time. I'd be fine and, if and there wasn't on, any balance. Yeah. Although on our side, you know, it's there's a weird decision that we took a long time ago, which was to accept unbalance. Uh, you know, if we had to, at one point, you know, we had to to. Uh, to choose between uh, uh, aiming at perfect balance, you know, it's strategy, you know, and, you know, in chess, if you didn't have perfect balance, you know, <laughs> some people would kind of be mad. Um, so balance is important. Um, but at the same time, for us, we love the asymmetry of the factions. We love to be able to play in different way than another player because, you know, my faction is so different from his. To have different point of views on the game according to who you play. And Yeah, and I, I guess I, you need very very different victory conditions for the factions, not only to make people actually play in the mindset of that faction, but just because if it's if it's unbalanced in a certain way, well, maybe these guys have to actually do something very different than you. So, yeah, I, so therefore, their advantages keep it even for them because they're going to have a harder time winning in their way. But then, then it's it's insane to balance, and and that's why we don't want to promise basically, you know, a perfect balance at release, but we want to promise, you know, fun at release and very different factions at release. Uh, yet, you know, after a, you know after a while, having with all your eight factions together, maybe a few ones, maybe we'll add later. Um, you know, it will uh, it will give us time after you know to to balance things out, and with time, you know, it's balance definitely counts. But already with early access, we take we take a head start. You know, mm. uh, if we had to release the game with no early access, that would totally for sure it would have a very funky balance. Too funky. Now is there is there a particular race that you would suggest for a new player that hasn't played any of these games? Like you know, just grab the Sophons or or whoever. Yeah, in Final Space 2 and Endless Space. Well, Final Space 2, I would go for the softens, uh, at least on the early access. Uh, you will have another one coming soon that, you know, will be fairly easy to play as well. So, you know, that uh, that one maybe will be the best then. Um, uh, yeah, so definitely the, the one I would go for, for Endless Legends. Um, you know, playing uh, the... the, the uh, the, uh, no, like, I don't know, uh, all of, uh, not, I don't know if we have any difficult ones, really, so, so, for me, any of them should be pretty good, um, the voters are pretty easy to play, I would say, uh, I would okay. go, it's easy, you know, it's an easy one, you know, it's human, it's kind of, so it's easy to identify yourself to, the gameplay is pretty straightforward, I'll go for it. That's like the, the awesome. faction we added in the last DLC definitely is very difficult and weird. It's awesome, but it's I would say it's not the first one I would play. So my in final Marvel. question is my final question is about uh, Endless Legend. You just released the Tempest uh, DLC, yeah. which uh, yeah. which I'm going to get very soon because I love Endless Legend a lot. But uh, what else what else do you have uh, planned coming up for that game? And like, how many people do you still have working on it? Uh, we we have reduced uh, the team. Uh, we still have uh, some support, uh, you know, like to, for the post-release, you know, stuff we discovered. Because we had a pretty long, uh, it was a close beta, actually, we had on, on uh, Tempest, but we didn't have uh, another access. You know, it's a DLC. Uh, so we already tackled a lot of issues before, but, you know, we're still waiting to see, you know, if there's some stuff that need fixing or improving. So we still have a few guys. 
But right now, we don't have any further plans uh, for this legend. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of things on our plate at the moment. So that, that's why, um, I mean, again, I, I, I can't say we will not do anything else. Uh, but for now, it's definitely not planned. Well, there's already so much there. You know, there's, there's, you've already yeah. done so much with it. I mean, I don't think anyone complained about, oh, I don't have enough to do in Endless Legend. I don't think anyone can complain about that at this point. Because <laughs> it's so it's rich. It's very rich. massive. And I really can't wait to try Tempest with its new uh, naval focus. I'm very excited yeah. about that. It's very cool. At least when I looked at it, the user score was at 100% uh, on Steam. I couldn't believe it. You know, I don't think we ever had that. It was only 58 people voting, but still, I mean, it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool, especially for a DLC for a game that's been out a yeah. while. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's that ain't nothing to sneeze at at all. No, no. very 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 happy. Very good feedback. We get from the community. Line. So uh, yeah, I guess going to wrap this up. Uh, other, uh, sorry, go ahead, Jim. Oh, uh, just statement. the The other thing that I think is really cool in this is that you guys have incorporated the quest systems. Um, you know, so you're playing, and then it gives you a little side objective, like, oh, go do this, and then you know you'll you'll get whatever reward out of that. Um, which I think is pretty novel in that because you don't see a lot of games that that mix like RPG stuff into a 4x. No, is that the uh, kitten? No. Jim, is that the kitten? Am I hearing so, the kitten? I'm sorry. I think I just heard a kitten. Yes, that is that is the kitten. Oh yeah, guys, Jim got a kitten. Guys, Jim got a kitten, and it's the cutest. I'm 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 sorry, man. Jim got a kitten, and it's the cutest thing. Oh my god, Jim, you got to post pictures and stuff on like. Yeah, did you see the video? I did see the video. Oh my god, <laughs> so cute! Sorry, I love cats. I love animals. Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, go, uh, go, go. To the space game junkie group. Jim will be posting pictures, right, Jim? Of the kitten. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. It'll happen. The, the, the new Kilrathy on our team. I'll, I'll take a picture of the cat in front of Endless Legend <laughs> the new or Kazin. Endless Space Two. Okay. See, nice. do you guys ever get your game names confused? You know, it's Endless something and. You, really, at this point, you could just say like endless, uh, endless, endless auto mechanics, or you know, just put any word behind endless, and you got you got a new game. So, to make it simple, we we say legend space, you know, space two, you know, dungeon, you know, we that, that makes, we just that makes sense. We know what we're thinking about, so we can we can just say one word. That's enough. All right, so folks, to wrap up, just a couple of programming notes. This Thursday, uh, we are actually going to play Space Beast Terrafret, but if you want to play, you have to be there on time. Don't be late like you were last week, and then we didn't end up playing. So, so this isn't uh, really going to devolve into Shadow Warrior 2 no, again, No, this it? time we hope to actually play Space Beast Terrafret. And next week on the show, we're welcoming back, I think, fifth-time guest, uh, the developer of Void Destroyer 2, our good friend Paul. Paul number one. Oh, not no, that There's a Paul again. number two. I, I can't remember his last name, but is, it's the second is, Paul is we've Paul, had on the show. Yeah, uh, Paul Z. But er, is he getting frequent flyer miles or something? Because it, it's between him and the other Paul that yeah. have been the most frequent people on here. No, we must exactly. like them or something. We, we do. They're good people. Uh, but, Romain, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to talk to us about Endless Space 2. Uh, there's thank no way we had time in the day to get to everything we wanted to talk about, but we I think we covered quite a bit. This podcast was almost endless. Oh. Except, oh. 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, folks, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Endless Space 2. It is on Steam Early Access right now. Uh, again, Early Access, so don't go in thinking it's a full game. There's still a lot that needs to be added um, over the next several months. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening and watching, and we will see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Yeah.